is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go. Wide receivers, let's finish up our position previews with part one. Part two will be tomorrow. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Hope you've been enjoying the previews so far. You know how we do it. We're going to look at average draft position, but, you know, the first part of the two-part shows is going to be a little bit more of a strategy talk. I want to start you off with something hot, something good. Guys, tell me a wide receiver that people should be excited about this year. Let's start with Dave. I'm going to say Terrell Pryor of the Washington Redskins. And it was a bad start for that entire offense in their first preseason game. Luckily, we shouldn't judge them for it. There's plenty more preseason games that we can judge them for. And even if they stink there, we know that they're going to throw the ball out this year. And Terrell Pryor looks like a bona fide number one receiver. All right. They are replacing a lot with uh, without Deshaun Garcon's Jackson. Gone. Deshaun Jackson's gone. Yeah. Jordan Reed, who knows how long it'll take him to get back on the field. That's right. That's 135 catches, 2,046 yards, and seven touchdowns on 216 targets gone with Deshaun Jackson in Tampa and Garcon in San Francisco. Jamie, give me someone that we should be excited about this year. I'll give you three. It's one is Pryor's teammate, Jameson Crowder. The other is Martavis Bryant. And the third one, I don't know if I've ever said his name before, but Willie Sneed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's reaching, uh, relative status with you. Is he, is he, he might be. Yeah. Um, like Uncle Willie Sneed. All three of those guys in my top 24, all three breakout candidates this year. Does, does it worry you that all that they said that Sneed was not running with the first team when there were two wide receivers that Brandon nope. Coleman was? In the first preseason game or no. just in general? Nope. I, I believe it was also in practice. I, I saw that in the preseason game. Yeah. But, it, it shouldn't. I mean, that's he's really team, good. That's not, a team that's going to use three receivers quite a bit. What you're going to tell me that Josh Hill and Kobe Fleener or Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson are going to be on the field at the same time all the time? Not all the I don't time. buy it. No, don't buy it. Not all the time. The field. Okay, Heath. I'll go with another slot receiver. All right. That I think is a little bit more. Uh, Stephon Diggs <laughs> is being drafted like three rounds after Jarvis Landry, and I don't really see a lot of difference between the two. I know Diggs had a terrible touchdown year last year. The year before, though, he caught a touchdown about once every 20 targets. He's going to get 120-plus targets if he stays healthy this year. I see six touchdowns. I see 100 catches. I see 1,000 yards. Okay. Now, do you think that Diggs is someone that you want even in standard scoring leagues or strictly PPR? Because he had 84 catches in 13 games last year. But like you said, only only uh, three touchdowns. Yeah, he's going to score six touchdowns. He's going to get 1,000 yards. That makes him a, a number two wide receiver in standard as well. Okie dokie, guys. So we'll get to – I don't think we'll get to the Diggs group today. That'll be probably tomorrow. I'm assuming we'll focus more on uh, – you know, probably up to like the Terrell Pryor, maybe Michael Crabtree group. So about three rounds of ADP. At least that's my goal. Give you some quick news and notes. Cleveland guard Joel Batonio is not going to play this week due to a knee injury. Yesterday we talked a lot about Isaiah Crowell and how much we like Crowell. Batonio is week to week, and a big part of the reason we like Crowell is the offensive line. There's still certainly a very good chance Batonio is ready for week one, but it's something to keep an eye on. Meanwhile, Brock Osweiler appears to be on track to start week one for Cleveland. John Brown, his sickle cell trait is still an issue. Jerron Brown is currently Arizona's number one, number two wide receiver behind Fitzgerald. Guys, if you're drafting today on the 17th of August, who's we this? Are. Oh, oh yeah, you're doing a mock draft. Who's going to be the second Cardinals wide receiver off the board? It's still going to be John Brown, but it's not going to be anywhere near where we were taking him two weeks ago. Yeah, he was going sixth, seventh round in a couple of those drafts. You can't do it anymore. I'd say tenth round now. You almost want your friends to take him in the sixth or there, seventh there, round. There might not be a second Cardinals receiver drafted. We we will draft him because it's an analyst draft. Mm-hmm. Right. But in your home leagues, you may not see a second Cardinals receiver drafted There's, if there, it's a 14 or 15 round draft. There have been murmurs that he might not make the team. Like, this could be well, one of the fastest falls from grace. And the other side of this, I know it's a wide receiver show, but there are now 16 quarterbacks that I feel fine starting. Because if mm. John Brown's not there, I'm not fine with Carson Palmer. I agree. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, uh Jerron Brown or J.J. Nelson, if you were going to take a shot? I'd still go Nelson. Me too. Yep. Jerron Brown's more like a, a – he's not necessarily a, a big play threat. Okay. Uh, Kenny Galladay worked with the first team for the first time in training camp on Wednesday. We've been excited about him. He had a huge preseason week one. 
Now that that was in three wide receiver sets only, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, if anybody's <clears throat> facing the Saints, that's always a good thing. And now cornerback Delvin Bro is out four to six weeks with a broken leg. Ty Montgomery unlikely to play this week. He has some mysterious leg injury, something to keep an eye on. And just a name to throw on your radar now is Thomas Rawls was out yesterday. Do we know why Thomas Rawls was out? They said undisclosed. Yeah, undisclosed. So he had an undisclosed. I hate, I hate it when I get an undisclosed. It sets me back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so rookie running back Chris Carson got some first team work. They're just banged up there. I asked the, some friends of mine on the radio in Seattle if they had a sleeper on the Seahawks for this year, and that's the name they gave me. Chris, Chris Carson? Carson? Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, well, that'll conclude our running back talk. Now, I said I wasn't going to – no, I'm not going to bring this crazy stat up. I'll save this crazy stat for, for next week uh, about top 60 players and who you should target as a flex in different formats. <clears throat> Suffice to say, wide receivers do better than running backs when you look at the overall top 60 in any format. But top 10? You look at the top 10 running backs year after year, the top 10 wide receivers year after year, and you take the average of the top 10 at the two positions, running backs do a lot better in standard scoring leagues. PPR, it's obviously different. But, you know, uh, it, I guess it just brings into the question of who you want to take in the first round. So what what is your take on, like, running back versus wide receiver in the first round, guys? For me, it's I, I take the running backs that I am super confident in first, and then I take the cream of the crop wide receivers who I feel the safest about next. And then after that, it's, it, it almost rotates back and forth between – the next tier of running backs and the next tier of wide receivers. Do you guys have a wide receiver strategy? Nips. Back to your original question though. I think the, the interesting thing with the top 10, it, because yes, at the end of the year, the top 10 running backs outscore the top 10 wide receivers. Yeah. But the top 10 wide receivers by ADP will outscore the top 10 running backs by ADP That's because the running backs are more injury prone. That's why the wide receivers like Brown, Julio, Odell Beckham, and you can add AJ Green and Mike Evans into that group, they're quote unquote safe. Right. And so if you don't want to, if you don't want to mess around with Melvin Gordon or LaShawn McCoy or Jordan Howard, and Howard's a different story for a different time after what happened to his offensive line, you, you go the safe route and you go with those receivers in round one. How many safe wide receivers are there? For a, for a while during the offseason, we were talking about a group of, of nine wide receivers. Brown, Jones, Beckham, Evans, Green, Jordy Nelson, Thomas, Dez, T.Y. Hilton. Hilton is no longer in the top nine in ADP. Obviously, there are concerns there. Dez Bryant, people are freaking out about his schedule. How many safe wide receivers do you think there are right now? I still say nine. I still include T.Y. Hilton in that group. Yeah, I I think with the the thought that Andrew Luck is expected to return early in the season, you know, if he's on the pup list, that's a totally different story. But if he's back by week two or week three, at the latest, Hilton should still put up thirteen plus games of of good to great production. So I'm not bailing on him yet. I think there's two tiers. There's five super elite, and there's eleven safe. Okay, so who we'll get to the super elite? Who are the other two? Baldwin ones? and Cooper. Baldwin and Cooper. Okay. Um, all right. We haven't quite seen the monster years from them, so they don't have the upside well, we have, uh, as the other okay. guys. But yeah, from Baldwin. Have we from? Uh, well, he had the 14 touchdown year, but never. I, mean, I don't know how you could be more safe than back-to-back number nine overall seasons. Uh, be, yeah, because he just doesn't <laughs> seem to do it in a sustainable way. Well, that's Doug that's Baldwin. a topic that I hope we have a chance to get into. Consistency among wide receivers. Let's get into it. That's a whole, that, that's a situation that fantasy owners probably would like to know a little bit more about. First of all, I'm not disagreeing about the safety thing. I just, the reason why they're 10 and 11, I don't know if they're 10 and 11 for you, Heath, but, uh, Baldwin and, and Cooper is we haven't seen them have a top five year yet. We haven't seen Michael Thomas have a top five year yet. We haven't. Now, he's obviously, he was like number eight as a rookie last year, number eight in standard, number six in PPR, had an amazing year. Here's a crazy stat. Uh, no Saints wide receiver, or tight end for that matter, has had more than 129 targets in the last three seasons. Go back to 2012, so five seasons. No Saints wide receiver has had more than 132 targets, and that was Marcus Colston. It just doesn't happen. He spreads the ball around so much, Drew Brees. 
Can you be a top five wide receiver with 129 targets? I actually looked at the last five years, and the answer is yes. Randall Cobb did it. Uh, I think Eric Decker came very close to it. Uh, I've seen like a lot of number six, number sevens. It can't be like number one or number two with that, but uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. You're not. I don't think you're going to get 150 plus targets from Michael Thomas. No. So just keep that in mind. I but think he, he could. He, he could do well with 132. It would be something it, Breeze has not never yeah, done it before. Be first time ever for a guy that in an offense that wants to be more run centric. Look, I don't want to offend your uncle, but let's just say Willie Sneed doesn't. <laughs> well, I'd be older than him. Doesn't so. uh, your nephew Willie yeah, Sneed? Uh, I, I. What if he doesn't emerge? What if Ted Ginn isn't the Ted Ginn of 2015? Because that's the only time Ted Ginn was ever uh, amazing or even good. Or I'll say very good. He was decent last year. Maybe the Saints realize that Thomas is the guy that the offense, the passing game for sure, has to flow through. But I, I think the, the the more important thing is no one's counting on him to be a number, a top five receiver. No, but if he goes like right after Jordy Nelson, Jordy's got a great chance to be number one. I, I, well, I think anyway. Uh, well, sure, he's proven that. Thomas, I don't think, has a great chance to be number one. Agree? Uh, no, no, but. I, I guess it's just expectations. You know, if you're expecting him to be number one, then you're probably going to fall short of that. If you're expecting him to be just, uh, you know, hang around the top five, uh, I think I have. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I have him ranked the highest at seven. Dave yeah. has him eight. Heath has him nine. So we all have him as a top ten guy, but it's six through ten. And so I, if he finishes tenth, you're, I guess, slightly disappointed. But if he finishes fifth, you're moderately excited. Yeah. If he finishes tenth, I think we're all we're all pleased. Sure. I think it's also there's a break there after Jordy where I have some of the running backs in my top 200. Like I'm not, I'll take Jordy with the eighth or ninth pick. I'm not taking Michael Thomas in the first round. Yes, yeah, I, I will. I'll take him 12. But again, I'm not. That's after six other receivers. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not going in with the expectation of I need him to finish one. Okay. All right. Well, that's Michael Thomas. So. Uh, at the very least, you know that a wide receiver gets at least 120 targets in that offense from Drew Brees. He almost always has a pretty damn good year. Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas last year, both finishing as top 10 wide receivers. And it was a bit of a down year for wide receivers last year. Dave, I don't know if you want to speak to that, but, uh, you know, it just, it wasn't quite the same. The, the number one wide receiver in standard scoring league scored about 200 fantasy points. We're used to seeing like 240 or so from Antonio Brown, then maybe like a couple of 220 guys. Just wasn't a great year, and, and it was a big year for for running backs. Probably be a little bit more balanced this year. So the top twelve average for wide receivers; these are the receivers that finished in the top twelve, and how many fantasy points per game they had was ten point seven. It's down one and a half fantasy points per game from twenty fifteen. Huge difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as big of a drop when you talk about number two receivers. 13 through 24, averaged 8.1 fantasy points per game. This is standard scoring. Standard, <laughs> non-PPR. Uh, that was down less than one full point per week. 25 through 36, 7.3 fantasy points per game, down a tenth of a point. The the thing that stood out to me was the difference between the receiver that finished at number 13 and the receiver that finished at number 36. What do you think the difference was in total cumulative fantasy points between those receivers last year 13 and 36 right so the number 13 receiver last year was Richard Matthews I'll say 25 fantasy points Dave number 36 was Garcon Garcon finished the year with 113 fantasy points and Richard Matthews finished the year with 141 so not quite 15 what is that 28 yeah on our site Garcon was actually 115 so it's uh well, I know what Dave's looking so at. It could be even less, but you, it's clearly less than two fantasy points per game every week. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, we're not drafting, though, as if it's going to be another disappointing year. We're expecting a lot from these outstanding wide receivers. There are some there are some truly elite players that you're going to be drafting in the first round. So, all right, let's get back into strategy here. Heath says nips, no intentional positional strategy, or is that what it is? Nailed it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Nailed Heath's nips. Uh, Dave, Jamie, any, any strategy? What if I give you a fill in the blank? Fill in the blank. I'd like to have blank of my top blank wide receivers. Two of my top 12. Two of my top nine. Oh. Well, you, that, that, well, but you, what? 
but I don't. <laughs> you can't. It's not. It's so not, not the something way you draft. I, I, there well, you can if you pick. No, he could, but but you also like to take a running back in the first two rounds. I'm you, saying you, you keep saying you're that saying you what would I like or what am I settling? Well, what do you? I, I'm not seeking to get two of those top receivers. I might do it in a full point PPR draft, but in the standard league, you're right. I'm I'm gonna try and get at least one of those top running backs. Right. So Jamie, if you wanted two of your top twelve, you think you could do that with a rounds one and three or two and three picks? You pick early in the first round, like if you pick three through five. At this point, you could end up with two of those and still getting a running back. Uh, uh, for me, I, I could end up with two top 12 receivers and someone of Gurley, Fournette, Elliott, Miller. Or Okay, yeah. So, or you could do wh- – what's better, guys? If you have an early pick, what's better? Take- well, I'll tell you. I did a mock draft with users last night. I picked fourth. Um, Antonio Brown was there at four. So I took Brown. In round one, mm-hmm. Hilton fell to round two, and I took Lamar Miller round three. Okay, there's that option, or there's the running back early option. Like if you had the number one or two pick, you could take David Johnson, and then you take two receivers. Or, or there's the receiver running back receiver strategy. I guess it's, I guess you just see who's there. You just you just play it out. Sure. I mean, like just looking at you, you end up with. Potentially some combination of, uh, if you're picking early in round one, some combination of... Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Prior Hopkins, Demarius Thomas are, are going to be there in the early part of round three. Right. I think it, it really comes down to how you feel about the receivers just outside of that top group of seven or eight. The Baldwins, which you know, Heath sold on Doug Baldwin, and the fact that he's been a top ten receiver each of the last few years should make you feel good about Doug Baldwin. But DeAndre Hopkins, Pryor, Cooper, how do you feel about those guys specifically? Am I forgetting anybody that you would take right in that same Demarius, group? Those Demarius. Receivers? Sure. If you like those guys, then, then your, then your top two or two and a half tiers of wide receivers is deeper than others. And you should feel compelled to wait a little bit mm-hmm. on draft day, especially with that round two pick and to take a different position in round two. Yeah. That knowing is... that. That your, is, your group has expanded, and it'll expand into round three. So interesting, because I, I, I feel like what we said about the round two running backs, how they all have some question marks, you know, Ajayi, Howard, Fournette, uh, Todd Gurley, I'm probably forgetting DeMarco Murray. I kind of – do you guys also feel that? I kind of feel that way about the round three wide receivers that Dave just mentioned. Demarius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Terrell Pryor is going to be in there. Uh, I mean, I think Baldwin, Baldwin's – Pretty safe, just doesn't have the, the ceiling that that the guys that go ahead of him have. Uh, Keenan Allen might be a round three pick at this point. Like I do feel like the, the round three wide receivers are similar to the round two running backs in that sense that they they have some question marks, but damn, they got a lot of potential. Yeah, I, th- I feel pretty safe with Pryor or Thomas in the third round as my if if I started off running back, running back, I guess my number one receiver, but mostly as my number two wide receiver. Things could go wrong for those guys, but I don't see them barring injury finishing outside of the top 20 of the position. Maybe that's the best way to view it through. How many receivers, this is something you asked yourself before going into your draft, how many receivers do you look at and say, all right, I'm fine with them as my number one wide receiver? Now, if you think about Terrell Pryor as your number one wide receiver and you feel like you've got a hurl, then your list is shrinking a little bit and you know that you can't do that and you should spend one of your first two picks on a wide receiver. But I agree with Heath. I think Terrell Pryor does have the potential to finish as a top 12 receiver this year. And I don't hate the idea of getting him to be my number one guy. So maybe I can wait a little bit longer on wide receiver. (laughs) What if you go running back, running back, or like running back Gronkowski, and then in round three you take DeAndre Hopkins, and round four you take Allen Robinson? You would have had the greatest team on paper in world history last year. Sure. You might finish first or last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a risk. I mean, those, those were two. Well, last year you probably finished in last if you had Gronk and Nuke and Allen Robinson. <laughs> those were yeah. two two of the three guys with 120 plus targets that failed to finish as top 24 receivers in standard leagues. The third being Brandon Marshall. Mm, wow. Yeah, Hopkins. So Robinson was 28th in standard, 24th in PPR. Hopkins was 36th in standard, 25th in PPR. They were bad, and the situations don't look that much better for them. But but. But you gotta expect, I mean, you gotta expect me better than what they were. But alright, we'll get into that. Um, how does it, how do things change in three receiver leagues? How do things change in PPR leagues? 
Uh, you well, know, Adam, just to kind of piggyback on what you were talking about, because I, I did that in a in a three receiver league, but starting with two running backs in our flex draft, and I started with uh, Devontae Freeman and Ezekiel Elliott, and then I still got Pryor at the back end of the third round, Michael Crabtree in the beginning of the fourth round, and my fifth receiver was Willie Snead. So you can you can still find three receivers that you like without having to start your team with one. Your third throw. receiver was Willie Snead. My third receiver. Okay. Well, all right. Let me let me ask it this way, guys. And I want I don't want to give the opinion of the podcast here. So I want you to tell me first if you agree with me. I just want to compare wide receivers to running backs. It's a very easy comparison. With running backs, we talked about it a lot. I felt like there were a lot of really good mid round picks. And if you waited at running back or you just wanted to build some depth in the middle rounds, you have a good chance of finding players that that you're going to like. Whether it's a Seattle running back, or it's Perkins, or it's Abdullah, or it's C.J. Anderson, or it's the Chiefs guys, whatever. A lot of possibilities. Do we feel that? Do, is that accurate? We feel that way? Mid-round running backs were good. Are good. Good, yes. Potential to be great, I'm not so sure. But but you're fine with them as starters? Yeah. Yes, for sure. Okay. Do you feel that way about the wide receiver group, or do you feel like it's more imperative to get at least two early in the draft. No, oh, I absolutely feel that way about the wide receiver group, especially looking at ADP today. You it's like big. the mid-round picks. Oh, there's there's huge value. Okay. okay. Some some of the guys we said that we like as at receiver aren't even on the first page. You got an I, example? Uh, Willie Sneed. Crowder. Jamison Crowder. Stephon Diggs is the very last name on the first page. Fitzgerald. Golden Tate's in the fifth round. Yep. Hmm. Sixth round, I'm sorry. Okay. Is there a bigger gap, though, between what the expected production of the early round running backs and the mid-round running backs? Or, excuse me, a bigger gap between expected production of wide receivers early to mid compared to running backs early to mid? Like, do you expect the top 12 to 15 wide receivers to be to have a bigger difference between them and the rest of the pack than you would at running back top 15? I think the top for me the top tier is just bigger. Like there's a bigger gap between Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson and the mid round running backs than anything at wide receiver. Well, I, I think it just goes to show you, like, and just looking at what happened a year ago, think about where these guys were drafted and how they finished. The the top five six receivers: Jordy, Evans, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, T. Y. Hilton, Julio Jones. Those guys were all drafted in the first two to three rounds without question. Mm-hmm. I, you look at the top running backs, it's not the same. I really want a top eight receiver, top maybe top nine receiver. I really want one. If I don't have one on my team, it probably means I have Gronkowski. Which isn't a bad trade-off. Sure. How do you feel about that statement? I'm fine with it. It's beautiful. While I do – while it, I it do, all, that, yeah. that also means then that you've got a running back mm-hmm. to go with Gronkowski because you're not taking Gronkowski in round one. Right. Like, I'll take a running back in round one, but if I do, I really want a top nine receiver in round two. While I do see that the value in the middle rounds is good, there are a lot of good wide receivers, I don't think that they could, I don't think most of them could have monster years, and I think, uh, whereas I do think some of the running backs have that potential, and that, in, that position gets injured a lot, like, I, I want a little bit more stability at, at wide receiver. I'm gonna prioritize it a little bit more. Right, but the only problem is if you pick early in the first round, well, I guess it's one of the first two picks. You're gonna have a hard time pulling that off. That is true. You're, yes, unless T.Y. Hilton falls, there's no question, and that's a trade-off you're gonna have to make. And I'm hoping, personally, I'm hoping Amari Cooper takes that step up. Like, let's see it from him. He's each of the first two seasons in the league, he's been a monster in the first half. He trails off in the second half. Is this the year Amari well, you, Cooper? Year, year one was injury related. Yeah, last year was not. Is Amari Cooper gonna join that elite group this year, guys? Yep. He certainly has the potential. You know. Targets are there. You, the only thing that you would like to see is just flip the targets between him and Crabtree in every aspect of what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, between the 20s and in the 20s. If you give him Crabtree's targets, it was 145 to 132 a year ago. Uh, you give him the red zone potential, give him an opportunity. I mean, he could certainly be that elite level guy, which is why he's going in round two, and he deserves to go in round two. It's just a, a, a matter of can he finally deliver. 
Oh, can he, can we trade him to a different division, please? <laughs> so he doesn't have to face Denver and Kansas City all the time. All right, guys, I want to tell you about what I had for dinner last night. Look, there's one thing every listener of this podcast loves. It's fantasy football. If there's a second thing everyone loves, it's food, right? Especially free food. Everyone loves free food. So here's what you want to do. Go to blueapron.com slash fantasy football. Blueapron.com slash fantasy football. Your first three meals are free with free shipping. More on that in a moment. Last night, my wife and I cooked together. It's something that we really love to do ever since we started using Blue Apron about a year and a half ago. And we cook three meals a week, less than $10 per person per meal. Never waste food. They give you exactly what you need with Blue Apron. It gets delivered right to my door. I just, I love everything about it. And there's great variety. So last night, we had a spiced chicken dish with seasoned tomatoes, dates, garlic, ginger, cooked onions, cilantro, mint, all over couscous. I mean, how many times you get a meal like that? You can't find stuff like that. If you want to eat great food like this, go to blueapron.com slash fantasy football. Get your first three meals free with free shipping, blueapron.com slash fantasy football. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Out of $100, I'd spend blank on Antonio Brown. 30, 32. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say 33. I'll go 31. Out of $100, I'd spend blank on Des Bryant. 24. I'm, I'm, I'm in that range too. Yep. Okay, so like 32-ish on Brown, about 24 on Bryant. How much I'll on- I'll go lower, I'll go 20. Alright, 20 on Bryant. How much on Tyreek Hill? Eight. I like him. Eight. Five. Okay. Six. Uh, eight? Really? Eight. I'm, you're not going to let me have my guy? Nope. <laughs> He's a chief. Come on. I only have to go seven now. Give him to ETH. Favorite sleeper wide receiver. If you've already named him, feel free to name him again. Favorite sleeper wide receiver. Do I have to say it again? Yes. Diggs? Mike Wallace. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. How about Cameron Meredith? Does he, does he qualify? Yep. Yeah. He's in that range. If Mike he's, Wallace he's, qualifies, then Cameron Meredith qualifies. He's round eight or later. Uh, I will take, he's in round eight, but, uh, uh, I've talked about him a lot. Pierre Garcon. Okay. Uh, my favorite breakout wide receiver is blank. Prior. Now I'll say Stephon Diggs. I'll say Martavis Bryant. Ooh. All right. How many was like 16 touchdowns in 21 games? 14 and 21 games. 14? It's pretty good. 16 sounds better. Oh, well, real, before I, before I get to the busts, Heath, what was that stat I tweeted at you? Antonio Brown, his 16 game production based on uh-huh. the 21 games with Martavis Bryant. If you're wondering, oh, how's he going to do with Martavis Bryant on the field? Do you, do you remember what it was? The numbers exactly? Yeah, no. I got it. I think. It was it was like eighteen hundred yards or something. Like yeah, that. it was a lot. It was one hundred and forty-two catches, eighteen hundred yards, and twelve touchdowns. That would he be, will not do that. I'll no, do he that. won't. <laughs> but he's been just fine with Martavis Bryant, so he won't be a bust. Who will be a bust this year? Sammy Brandon Watkins, Brandon Marshall. Um, is Marshall being drafted though? That he's a bust? ahead of Sammy Watkins. What? Nah, yes. really? Yep, into the fifth round for Marshall. It's got to be middle of the sixth round for Watkins. It's got to be a case of people seeing the name and going, Brandon Marshall was good. I got to take him. Based on our ADP, it's not even close. It's Julian Edelman. What's his ADP? Yeah, yeah. 42. So round four? Yep. That's a little high. Ahead of Keenan Allen, Pryor, Demarius, Landry, Kelvin Benjamin. A lot of people were worried about Devontae Adams, who's actually going fairly late in our ADP, 52nd overall. I've never seen Devontae Adams go in the fifth round in a, in a 12-team league. If he's more of like a late third or early fourth, fourth round pick, how do you feel about that ADP for Devontae Adams? Love it. Yeah? It's right where he should be. Okay. Yeah. I I was worried about Devontae Adams and thought he was going to be one of my busts, and I'm writing about wide receiver touchdown regression today, and he's... One uh, he's of the, the poster top, boy, right? One of the top candidates, day. but I still like him at the three, four turn. So yeah. I, uh, he's a value. Okay. Yeah. He, he was the number seven wide receiver in standard, number nine in PPR. This is Devontae Adams, who's coming into his fourth season, just under a thousand yards, 12 touchdowns on 121 targets. That's a lot. Now it is Aaron Rodgers and they only ran, they only had seven rushing touchdowns from running backs. They had four from Rodgers last year. So. 
I know, you know, there's a, there's a thought that if they run the ball a little bit better this year and they score more red zone rushing touchdowns, that, that's gonna hurt, uh, Devontae Adams and, okay, we could, we'll get to him, but late round three in a 12 team league, early round four is when we're looking at Adams. Um, alright, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna bring this up. Cause I think if you're looking for an elite player that could be a bust this year, I have a candidate. I have two actually. It's basically based on targets. Uh, you look at the percentage of, of total team targets for Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Beckham, not gonna count AJ Green, he only played 10 games, Mike Evans and Jordy Nelson. Uh, Evans had 30% of his team's targets, Beckham had 28% of his team's targets. Both of those teams brought in a, an established free agent wide receiver and drafted a tight end in the first round. Um, Beckham Evans, are you guys concerned? And, and, and the thing with Evans is he had six games with single-digit targets last year. And in those six games, he scored single-digit fantasy points in four of the six games. Uh, six, five, four, and five. And he had two big games in the other two. Um, and five of those six games came with Doug Martin. So I've been making the case that Evans has a little bit of DeAndre Hopkins in him, except a much better quarterback. 175 targets last year. What if they go down? Beckham, too. Beckham's going to have to share with Marshall and Ingram and Sterling Shepard, who's healthy now. Do you see bust potential for those two clear first-round picks, Beckham and Evans? No. I mean, what would be a bust? I feel like they've got Michael Thomas floor. Okay. They- They're not going to flop like like uh, DeAndre did. But I do think Evans being does, does not deserve to be in the Julio, Antonio, Beckham trio, and I put him behind A.J. Green. Which is where he belongs. And he could be back as far as Dez, Michael Thomas, that range. I've got him ahead of Green. I I think that everything just keeps going for him. He was top five last year regardless of format, top five in terms of consistency. He wasn't top five in terms of catches. He finished sixth. And I don't think he's going to see that big of a drop. He might not see a drop at all in targets and receptions year over year just because Deshaun Jackson's there and O.J. Howard was drafted there and Chris Goodwin. But how, how can you not expect a drop? I mean, we saw a drop when Vincent Jackson was healthy the year before. It was the same. Well, well his, his target level wasn't the same when Vincent Jackson right, was on the field. Right, right. That, that, that's the concern. 175 targets. Also, so, I mean, he, Desha- Evans, Deshaun Jackson's better at this point in his career than Vincent Jackson was at that point. Sure. And, and Jameis is better. I, I don't think that Mike Evans flops, but there, there is certainly a chance for him to take, I don't think a significant downturn, but enough of a downturn. Now look, the flip side of it, you can make the same case for AJ Green, because a healthy Tyler Eifert, and if John Ross is legit, those are two yeah. targets that he didn't have to contend with, with maybe a better Tyler Boyd, with still Brandon LaFell there. I mean, there, there are still mouths to feed there that kind of get overlooked. And mix that's, and mix that's, especially I, I, I think, I think the talent level around Mike Evans compared to the talent level around AJ Green, because AJ Green wasn't exactly a touchdown monster last year. He, he would have projected to finish with seven. But, I don't see his catches and yards tailing off dramatically. He's not going to be on the pace he was a year ago when he was on 117 and 1700. Mm-hmm. But he could still be 100 and, I don't know, 1400 yards? That's not out of the realm of possibility for him. Yeah, no, I did hear you say that. Mix and Adam, and I don't think that he has any, this is already a team that last year gave 548 touches to their running backs. The year before gave 567 touches to their running right, backs. They're not if, giving the ball to their running backs more. But if they're better running the ball, I don't know, maybe he could score more. Then maybe touchdowns. they get more touchdowns. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the concern because with Evans, you know, Jameis Winston averaged 36.8 attempts per game without Doug Martin and 34 attempts per game with Doug Martin. That's actually pretty significant. Like, they they changed their identity a little bit when when Martin came back from injury, and Evans struggled at the end of the year. I'm they not... changed their identity week five. The last 12 games of the season, he averaged 32 pass attempts a game. And really? yet Mike had... Evans still finished as a top two. Number two, he yeah. Had, he had three games at the beginning of the year where he threw the ball like 140 times. 58 times in one game. Evans' number two finish last year would have been number seven in 2015, which just gives you an idea. But I don't want to belabor the point, and I don't want to scare people off of these of these guys. It's just maybe if you're deciding between A.J. Green and Mike Evans, which a lot of people are, I think we've given you uh, cases for both sides there, and I think it's time to finally take a look at average draft position uh, with the wide receivers, and Antonio Brown is number one. Just a quick question on Antonio Brown. He's fourth overall, but he's number one at wide receiver. 
He he declined last year. Uh, he had four 100-yard games. He wasn't nearly as good as he was the two previous seasons. Is that the start of something or just kind of fluky? It's probably the start of something. I mean, he's not going to reach the levels that he had at his best. But he's still hard to overlook when he's been so, so dominant. and Three straight years of the best receiver in PPR and everything consistent. that he's able to do. Yeah. Huh? He's consistent. Very, yeah. And uh, he would have scored more fantasy points than based on his averages than Mike Evans if he had played in Week 17. All right, so we're cool with Brown. Everybody's got Brown number one? I've got Julio. All right, how come now? Julio, he's a monster. We know it. He only had 129 targets last year, and Matt Ryan just didn't throw that much. But obviously people are going to say, what about the touchdowns? Antonio Brown in a down year had 12 touchdowns. Julio Jones had seven. He's had six, eight, and six or seven. I, I guess six, eight, seven in the last three seasons, and he's never had more than 10. So, yeah, how come Julio over Brown? He had 129 last year in 14 games. He did miss two right, games. Right. I I just think we did see Brown start to decline just a little bit. Not a lot. I think a lot of people in the NFL agree that Julio is the best receiver in the NFL. I don't think the touchdown thing is likely to – like the six is ridiculous. He was the leading candidate on my touchdown regression this year. I expect him to get 10. He had six. That makes him the number one. They've talked about him – being more of a factor in the red zone this year, too. And how about this, Adam? Antonio Brown has Martavis Bryant back this year. Odell Beckham has Brandon Marshall. A.J. Green's got Tyler Eifert. John Ross, whenever Ross gets healthy, he'll play on the field. And Mike Evans has Deshaun Jackson. Who'd the Falcons at? Yeah, nobody. They nobody. lost. They lost Kyle Shanahan, who has a history of peppering his number one guy. Right, but I think Matt Ryan has probably learned that Throwing to Look, Julio, Julio Jones is a good Look, idea. Julio Jones is amazing. If he gets more red zone targets, he had nine last year, that'll certainly help. If he has a healthy foot, which he had another procedure on, um, you know, should be great. There's just some inherent risk with him because of the lack of touchdowns. But we're, we're cool taking Julio as a top five pick. I pick fourth in this draft. I can't imagine. Uh, Dave picks third. Heath picks second. So David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell's going one. You're taking the other one at yep. two. You're probably taking Antonio Brown at three. Yep. I'm taking Julio Jones at four. Mm -hmm. So anybody that's following along with our draft, you know the first four picks in that <laughs> half-point PPR. Two of them are going to be receivers. I would imagine the guy picking after me, which will be not you, Adam, because you blew us off, Will Brinson. Mm -hmm. He will probably take Odell Beckham. Well, I'll ask you guys then. If if And ADP right now on our website is Johnson, Bell, Brown, Julio Jones. It would have been Zeke in the top five for sure. It's not anymore. Who's your number five overall pick? It, it, Beckham. Beckham. It doesn't matter what the format is. No. Nope. Nope. Okay. Beckham five. And that's interesting because he's not being drafted there by ADP. LaShawn McCoy is five. Devontae Freeman is six. And then Odell Beckham, the number three receiver off the board, has the seventh highest ADP. His ADP is actually eighth overall. And then it's Aaron Rodgers. I've got to imagine auto picks are still factoring in, uh, and it might just and two fall. quarterback super flex leagues too. Sure, sure. And people who just want to take a quarterback in round one. And then it's Mike Evans. Mike Evans uh, is tenth off the board. He has the ninth highest ADP. AJ Green is thirteenth or fourteenth off the board. So they're back to back. So Dave likes Evans better, and Jamie and Heath like Green better. Yes. Okay. I don't know that we have to spend much more time on that. And then Jordy Nelson. Honestly, why isn't he the number two receiver off the board? He's 32. <laughs> I can it. accept that. I can accept that. But it should be noted that when he and Aaron Rodgers are healthy, Jordy Nelson is usually the number one or number two wide receiver in fantasy. He's amazing. Um. Okay. Then, so the, how many was that? That were up to uh, six wide receivers? Yeah, we've got we got Julio, we got Brown, Julio, Beckham, Evans as first rounders, early second round, AJ Green, and Jordy Nelson. In most, in many leagues, they will go in the first round. After Nelson, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, now there's a bit of a gap. Jordy Nelson is the 15th pick, Michael Thomas is the 20th pick. And then Des Bryant is 25th. Not what we see, but again, quarterbacks are part of this equation too. Not what we see in our drafts. Uh, they're usually more than seven wide receivers in the first two rounds. But is there that much of a gap between Jordy and Michael Thomas? I think, Heath, you were sort of alluding to that earlier, right? 
I think there should be so, and it, it, I have both of them higher than what their ADP is, but I do think that that's the point to where I will take Devontae Freeman, I will take LaShawn McCoy in between those guys. But after Nelson? Yes. Michael, guys, Michael Thomas or Jay Ajayi? Thomas. I believe I have Thomas ahead of Ajayi. Uh, Thomas. It might, of course, depend on who you took in round one. Sure. I, I have Thomas ranked in round one, so I will take him in round one. Okay. And th- obviously, like PPR, half PPR, that matters too. We'll do different shows, different podcasts based on, uh, on format and comparing running backs and wide receivers. Uh, but I think it's, for today, it's just sort of important to rank the receivers and, and where we expect them to go and where we would take them. So let's talk about Des Bryant because people are down on him. He's going 25th overall. Des, people talk about his schedule and it, it is not easy. And last year he was the number 21 receiver in standard in 13 games, number 38 in PPR. He scored eight touchdowns in 13 games. He always scores touchdowns. Yep. Can he succeed against a tough schedule? Well, last year he was terrible twice against the Giants, but he had, if you count Josh Norman as a tough matchup, he had two good games against Norman. He scored 14 fantasy points at Minnesota. How worried are you about Dez? I'm not. I love that he's healthy. Start with that. The reason why he didn't finish high last year was because he only played in 13 games, and he barely made it through some other ones. He was in the top 10 in consistency last year, too. 13 games played, he had double digits in fantasy points in seven of them. So a little better than 50%. And I think he could get close to 55% this year, especially with no Zeke in the first six games and tough matchups in the first six games. I think it'll mean Dallas will throw a little bit more than they're used to. Yep. And I think they'll be willing to do that. I think the coaches will be willing to do that with Dak Prescott entering his second season. and. Des is that top target downfield. I think they're going to try and take advantage. They've got nobody. I mean, if, if Des Bryant doesn't have a good year, then the Cowboys are just going to have a horrible passing game. They've got nobody around they him. They have an horrible offense if Zeke is out for six games. Yeah. I mean, they could, but they still have that offensive line. Uh All right. So we're fine with Des Bryant in the second round, though? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's a good value. Would you take Doug Baldwin over him? Yes. I would not. You would, Dave? I would. Interesting. I would take Dez over Doug Baldwin. Oh, you no, take Dez over, De- over Baldwin. I thought you said De- Doug over Dez, but you said Dez over Doug. I, no, you had it right the first time, but we all would take Dez over Doug. Let's correct, just correct. T.Y. Hilton or Dez Bryant? Dez. 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 I'm going to ask you if T.Y. Hilton should be the next wide receiver off the board after I tell you about Simply Safe. Home security is no joke, okay? Uh, I, I know myself it could be a real hassle, but Simply Safe is going to make this process so much better for you and save you a hundred bucks. So it's still summertime. People take vacations. You love vacations. So do burglars when they know you're going to leave your house empty. What I want you to do is go to simplysafe.com slash FFT. Simply is spelled with an I, S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com slash FFT. You'll get a hundred dollars off for a limited time. And Simply Safe's home security package has everything you need to protect your home. No long-term contracts, no installation costs, no hidden fees. And I know from experience that other companies, they have installation costs, they have hidden fees. It's a lot more expensive than you think. But Simply Safe's 24-7 professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. This is a great deal. Get a hundred dollars off your summer security package at simplysafe.com slash FFT. Hurry up. This sale ends very soon. SimplySafe.com slash FFT for $100 off. Again, it's SimplySafe.com slash FFT, and Simply is S-I-M-P-L-I Safe.com slash FFT. As someone who has invested in home security, it's important. It's expensive. This is a great, great deal. I really recommend it. All right, so so far in ADP, we've got Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, A.J. Green, Jordy Nelson, Mike Thomas, 7, Des Bryant, 8. Should T.Y. Hilton be the ninth? Because according to ADP, he is not. He is 11th behind Amari Cooper and Doug Baldwin. I have him behind Amari Cooper and Doug Baldwin. So You have him 11th, Heath? I have him 11th. Okay, Dave, you don't? I don't. I still have him 9th. Jamie? Still have him 9th. 
still have held in. I still think there's an opportunity here if if Andrew Luck is playing by week two or week three, the latest that T.Y. Hilton is still fine and may be a bargain by the time you end up taking. So he's interesting. Hilton led the uh, led the NFL in receiving last year. I'm trying to. I don't know if I wrote the stat down, but he had the fewest yards to lead the NFL in receiving. In like seven years. Do you guys by any chance remember the last person to lead the NFL in receiving with exactly 1,448 yards? It was, it was like around 2009-ish. Maybe 2010. Brandon Lloyd? Brandon Lloyd! Good job! So Hilton was the number five receiver in fantasy and he also has a touchdown problem. He scored only six last year. Seven, five, seven, five, and six touchdowns in five seasons. And he stays on the field but he just doesn't get the red zone targets. Heath, I know you talk a lot about touchdown regression. Does the lower touchdown numbers for T.Y. Hilton actually make a little bit more sense, though? I It maybe makes a little bit more sense. What bothers me is when, like, he saw a pretty significant increase in targets last year. Six when he was getting 130 targets and six when he's getting 155 targets is a different story. He He did have a little bit of bad touchdown luck based on what he's been for his entire career. He caught a touchdown really about once every 21 targets the last three years before last year, and it jumped to, what, 24? Uh, I'm sorry, what would you say? The, the Last year it did? He had 155 targets. And yeah, he had a touchdowns. career high in targets, and the touchdowns didn't really once go up. Once every 26 targets okay. last year. Okay. Yep, yeah. yep. So um, if he had just maintained the same touchdown rate from his career – he did seven and a half, so seven or eight. He he gets bit by the brilliance of Andrew Luck in the red zone, and when Luck is in the red zone, he's he's probably it's probably my favorite watch. Well, it's because of the best all receiver in the Colts, Dante <laughs> Well, Luck is willing to not favor one guy. It's true. Yeah, he but will he, find he yeah. he will read the defense perfectly. He'll know who the open guy is, and he'll throw to Mockery. And then he'll throw it to Mockery. Sometimes he says nobody's back. open. I'll take the guy that's posting up. Sometimes not, not it's moving. a backup tight end. <laughs> no one is starting. Like Dante Moncrief. Sometimes it's an offensive tackle. <laughs> uh, look, I think that based on like 2014 was the last time Hilton had a healthy Andrew Luck, and he was number ten. Wide receiver in standard, number 12 in, in PPR. He played 15 games. If he had played 16 games, he still would have been 10 in standard. He would have been 9 in PPR. The lack of touchdowns pro- probably means – like, I know he was fifth last year, but it was a down year. Hilton's probably not going to be a top five wide receiver. Is that fair to say? Do you feel that way? Because I kind of feel like he's a, he's slightly overrated. But if he's going ninth or tenth, then I think that's perfect. That's where he should go. Yeah. He should go some. He should go where where we were talking about Michael Thomas. He should be anywhere from seven to ten. I do not think he is any less likely to have a top five season than Thomas, than Dez, than Cooper, than Baldwin. See, I think Dez will probably score five more touchdowns. Oh, at least if he if if they both play sixteen games, just based on what their track records have been. And here, the thing with Hilton is like. He's just not his fault. He's not good without Andrew Luck. In 2015, he played nine games without him. He averaged 7.2 fantasy points per game in standard. That's bad. Seven games with Luck that year, he averaged 10. 2.8 fantasy points per game more. That's a lot. Last year, he played one game without Luck, and it, it did not go well. So that's an obvious concern, and that's why he's falling. And I like we all, I think, are fine. We're all fine with everybody's ADP so far. We haven't gotten to anything bad, so let's move on. Um, now, I did say that two wide receivers are in between Des Bryant and T.Y. Hilton. They're going in the third round. You might be looking at them, if people aren't rushing for quarterbacks, you might be looking at these guys late in the second round. Amari Cooper and Doug Baldwin. Baldwin has been better each of the last two years. Of course, Cooper's only been in the league two seasons. But who would you guys prefer, Doug Baldwin or Amari Cooper? I'll take Baldwin. I will take Cooper's potential upside. And and while Heath is right that Baldwin has been good the last two years, it has been, I know this is what you harp on, Adam, it has been <clears throat> hard to rely on from the week-to-week aspect of it because he was so exceptional the moment Jimmy Graham went down two years ago. And then he was so inconsistent with such highs and lows last week that it was very frustrating. But mm-hmm. the end-of-the-year numbers, it's hard to overlook. Three games with 22 or 23 fantasy points, a 15 fantasy point game in standard, a 16 fantasy point game 
Those were his only five games with double-digit fantasy points, so it was a little frustrating. But Baldwin finished ninth in standard, eighth in PPR. He had a career year, 94 catches. Did not expect that. But the Seahawks had the 20th most rush attempts in the NFL last year. Each of the previous four years, they were top three in rush attempts. So you know they want to get back to that. Can they do it successfully? We don't know. But they'll they'll want to. So, I don't think they'll be top three. No. I don't think they'll be top 12. All right, well, I think they'll be about Baldwin. average. In attempts? In attempts. Strictly rush attempts. They'll want to be top 12, that's for sure. If they're successful, we don't know if they're going to be successful. But, Heath, you have Baldwin over uh, Cooper? I have Cooper one spot ahead of Baldwin. Oh, you do? Okay. Yes. So we're putting our faith in Mari Cooper. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? I mean, it's not like he was bad last year. He was bad in the second half. He was. But he just he's hasn't a good performed player. like a top five pick in the NFL draft should perform. I, I, di- I don't really agree with that. Yeah, he's he's one of too. four receivers in the history of the NFL with 150 catches and 2,200 yards in his first two seasons. It's just the touchdowns. I mean, from a fantasy all, perspective, well, he has touchdowns. It. It's also it's he's being compared to the guys who were drafted the year before him, which is so unfair. Right. I he, mean, that's he the not greatest good receiver. But isn't that the expectation no. for Amari Cooper was to just be a dominant I'm with you. receiver? I'm with Dave. Like this, based on no. him being, I think, the number one recruit in the country, being a total stud at a total stud college. I do think he, maybe the expectations were unfair. He's performed more in line with what rookie and second-year wide receivers have done uh-huh. throughout the course of NFL history. Great rookie. <laughs> by, by comparison yeah. to the best class ever. It's like saying, okay, most of the quarterback classes compared to the 83 class have been terrible. Well, they haven't been. They've been relatively good no, to certain extents. It's not that it he's just been hasn't terrible. Been. If you're comparing Amari Cooper and and the group of guys, I guess just forget about the group. If you're comparing Amari Cooper – to the 2013 group, he's the best receiver in NFL history, if that's the case. But compare him to Julio Jones, compare him to A.J. Green, compare him to receivers who were drafted in the top 10 in the NFL draft. He hasn't been quite as good. In their first two years? I don't think he was as uh, – well, I don't know. I, I, I didn't look that up. But the touchdowns are the issue. And the last eight games of last year, Amari Cooper had one game with more than 60 yards. So he was he was a dud. I remember starting Crabtree over him every single week. Um, but – we're, we're taking him with the with the hope at the end of round two, beginning of round three. We're taking him thinking this could be the year. Look, DeAndre Hopkins, third year, huge breakout. It happens. Jamie talks about it all the time. It's a good time yes, in his player career. If, if, if DeAndre Hopkins showed uh, a little bit in his rookie season, took the next step in his second year, blew up in his third season. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, touchdowns were a little bit out of control his rookie season, tailed off, but the catches and yards were nice in his second season, blew up in his third season. Yep. Yep. He's that type of talent in yep. terms of Cooper. All right, so let's get into the controversy then. <laughs> After Cooper, Baldwin, Hilton, let's go to our 12th wide receiver off the board. We're already into round four, actually. Not a lot. Only 11 wide receivers through three rounds in in, uh, in our current ADP. I'm just – I know that a lot of these guys that I'm going to mention are going to go in round three in 12-team leagues. So yep. don't, don't necessarily pay total attention to ADP, but regardless. DeAndre Hopkins – I mean, this is this is crazy stuff here. Hopkins, 12, Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, Keenan Allen, Terrell Pryor. We still haven't gotten to Demarius or Adams or Jeffrey or or Robinson. I didn't say Terrell Pryor, did I? Hopkins, Cooks, Edelman. Oh, I did. Hopkins, Cooks, Edelman, Keenan Allen, and Terrell Pryor are the next five off the board. Uh, Wow. Um, This is out of whack. Hopkins, Cooks, Edelman, Allen, Pryor. Going I think Hopkins, of... Pryor, and Allen are fine. Yeah. Put Cooks in there, too. I think that he's going to end up being a lot better for New England than we all first thought, or how you guys still think, If you, certainly how I first thought. If you like Doug Baldwin's performance a year ago, you're going to love Brandon Cooks. If you don't like I Doug think he'll Baldwin, be more consistent than that. I don't think he'll be as consistent as that. I think his— I don't his, think he'll be super consistent, his, but neither, none of these guys are going to be consistent. No. Isn't that what we're talking about? Uh, no, but they'll be probably— a, Look— this is the type of player Brandon Cooks is. He's going to have a 15, a 22, a 2, a 5, a 3, a 6, a 5, an 8, a 23, okay. a 16. That's what Cooks is going to be. And then you've got Keenan Allen in a non-PPR. PPR, you can make the argument. But Keenan Allen, when he's been on the back. field, first year, third year, second year was terrible. But yeah. Mike McCoy kind of said that at the owner's meeting coming in, uh, which I, I probably should have paid more attention to. But first year, third year, very consistent. Yeah, very good. Well, I, I, let me ask you, once we get past the top 11, which is Brown, Jones, Beckham, Evans, 
Green, Nelson, Michael Thomas, Dez, Cooper, Baldwin, Hilton. Who's ne- who are the next few guys that you're looking to take? Because I, I haven't even said Demarius Thomas's name. He's sw- way down in ADP. Who are the next few guys you're looking to take? After the group you mentioned? After the top 11, which it's is... It's Thomas at the top. And then Demarius. I think Devontae Adams is next. And then you've got Alshon Crabtree, Allen Robinson after that. Uh, did you, you didn't say after DeAndre Hopkins, did you? Yeah, he did. Okay. So no, Thomas, no, no, no. Hopkins would in theory be 12. In fact, he okay. is. Okay. Ho- Hopkins is 12 for me. Oh, yeah. No, Hopkins is 10th for me. He's okay. I thought you were he's, talking about the group after that. Yeah, Hopkins 13th for me, but he's in that group. Hopkins, yeah. Thomas, Pryor are the next three for me. Hopkins, Demarius. So do we have a little consensus that Hopkins and Demarius should be coming off the board at this time, early third round? Absolutely. They, they, they will. Like, I, I'll, I'll check what the other, uh, ADPs look like. Besides ours. Should they? Because neither of them really warranted it last year. Demarius was obviously closer. He was 16th in standard and PPR. I don't really think their skills declined. It's just obvious what happened. Their offenses stunk. Their quarterbacks were bad. Well, you just talked about, though, how much wide receiver had a down year and we don't expect that to happen again. And you kind of have to compare these guys, like, should they? Well, who should if not them? You, I think you would you would go for guy in theory, and I'm I, I'm taking these guys too. I'm definitely taking Demarius and PPR five straight years with ninety catches. Yeah, but you could make a case for a Pryor or a Devontae Adams. Pryor guy, scored what four touchdowns last year? I, yeah. Hold on, guys who are in better offenses. That's the key here because Pryor was on the Browns, who had a slightly slightly better passing offense than the Texans last year, had one of the very worst. Now he's on the Redskins. Kirk Cousins threw five thousand yards last year. So, I mean, you could make a case of going for players on better offenses. I don't, I don't know how much better the Texans offense is going to be. I'm certainly hopeful for the Broncos offense, but they were victims of bad offenses last year and maybe that won't change. I think it'll be a little bit better in Houston and I think it'll be marginally better in Denver. Let me tell you another thing. One nice thing thing about Denver Mm -hmm. is the offensive line getting reconstructed this offseason. The addition of Garrett Bowles, left tackle, Ronald Leary at guard. I, I think that that's going to be a much better offensive line, and I think that will absolutely help Trevor Simeon, which in turn will help Demarius Thomas. Well, there's two things for Thomas. One, he played all of last year with a hip injury uh, that I think is is big, and I think the what Vance Joseph wants and certainly what Mike McCoy will deliver will definitely help the situation for Demarius. They want to get back to using Demarius like he was with his Peyton days, whether that's feasible or not because of the quarterback situation. But Vance Joseph said, we got to get him more bubble screens. we got to get him more balls in the last scrimmage. He's one of those guys that makes one defender miss, and he's gone. And that was what everybody loved about Demarius Thomas. Now he's getting older. You have to worry about that a little bit. Uh, Quarterback is not exactly great. But I do think that Mike McCoy's system – Healthy Demarius Thomas, as Dave said, better offensive line play. All those things should factor in. And then there's the wild card that if Paxton Lynch does start at any point during the season with the potential of a bigger arm, then maybe some of those downfield throws help Demarius as well. So uh, I, I think he's, he's right where he's supposed to be. And, and the other, uh, a, other, um, average draft position that we're looking at. So Demarius on our side is going where? Oh, hold on. I think like around 50. Let me check. Yeah, that's. Bogus. Uh, yeah, he's not going to fall that far. 48, it's, 49. Okay, so it's not that far off. Uh, he's going, well, I guess this, he's going 33 overall. That's more, more like what we've seen. Yep. So I don't know, it's interesting. I, I think we'll pick it up here tomorrow. Uh, why, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time on, on this group because I do think, you know, we spend so much time on the round two running backs. I think this is where you could, you could really, you could draft a bust easily at wide receiver at round three because these some of these guys were busts last year, but you could also draft a guy with tremendous bounce-back potential. It's a really interesting time in the draft. And, hey, maybe you should go quarterback instead if you're not feeling it because we'll take a look, obviously, at the mid-round picks at wide receiver as well. Uh, before we get off the air, I have two announcements to make. I know uh, I waited a little bit too long, but first of all, our commissioner product on CBSSports.com. Uh, we're all biased. We all work here, but we all love playing on CBSSports.com, and we all play in a whole bunch of leagues. And the one you play the most is, is probably the one that's going to be your favorite, so granted, but but it is our favorite, playing on CBSSports.com. Free to sign up, easy to use, 
if you want to start keeper or dynasty leagues, we're really making a lot of investments in in you diehard keeper dynasty fans. Our commissioner product is going to get better and better. We have so much customization for scoring and things like that. So please go to cbssports.com slash fantasy. Sign up. You can sign up for free for the commissioner product. The other thing is the podcast league. It's been way too long. We haven't talked about it. But I believe I'll make an announcement officially tomorrow. We'll start accepting submissions over the weekend. Our draft is August 28th, Jamie. Is that right? A Monday? Yep. Okay. Podcast League on August 28th. Probably going to be at 8 uh, evening. Yep. All right. So it's probably going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So don't – so you'll have to make sure you can do that time before you submit. We'll figure out what we're going to do. We're going to enjoy it. Also, thank you so much to everybody for getting us nominated on podcastawards.com. We're going to win it this year. For Dave, for Jamie, and Heath, stay tuned. Tomorrow, wide receivers part two. Enjoy some preseason football tonight. See you later. Bye. Bye.